L-A-S. You can support the LAS Podcast Network at patreon.com slash LAS Podcast Network. I'm Jason Alberti. And I'm Lindsay Prince. I am a dad of two boys, a comedy writer, and I love medieval literature. I'm the mom of two girls, a comedy writer, and I love TikTok. Hey, we've got a new podcast. And it's called What Do You Want to Talk About? We talk about everything from almond milk lattes to xenophobia. New episodes every Monday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What Do You Want to Talk About is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, you can visit laspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Lindsay, did I tell you the story about Scarpe the Njalsson when he was in Iceland and he was dying because he was under this log on fire and he pulls out this molar and he whips it into Thurl Thurlson's eye? No, I don't understand most of what you just said. Oh. Oh, Jason, did I tell you that Billie Eilish got bangs? What's a Billie Eilish? L-A-S. Welcome to Othered with me, Sarah Van Cleve. And I'm Caleb Scales. If you love this show, which we know that you do, please go to wherever you're listening to a podcast right now and give us a five-star review. Also, subscribe to LAS Plus, and that is at laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus for exclusive content, ad-free episodes, and cool merch. Cool merch? Yeah, man. Check it out. <laughs> I want merch. Me too. Let's Let's go subscribe. Okay. Fine. Okay. I'll do it. It's a date. <laughs> Caleb, I would go on a date with you, Sarah. Well, we have before, and this is true. Another one seems seems overdue, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I miss time. you. I miss you too. I'm really happy to be here with you today. I know. I like. I love this time that we have together to Me like chit chat and to like record these things. Me too. But I also want to like you know walk around the slough again. You know before it gets too cold. I agree. Yeah, we, we should do that again. We need like alone time. Yeah. To foster our love. It's got to keep it strong. That's true. Exactly. This is how you keep relationships strong. It is. <laughs> I love that for us. Just exploring all the avenues. Exactly. Of intimacy. <laughs> I love that. So how have you been? I've been good. Um, I had a birthday. I traveled. That's right. You're 31 now. Yeah, I'm 31. Mm-hmm. It was great. I traveled out of town and I came back and I've just been living mom life. Which is amazing. I love being a mom. So, yay. I know that about you. Yes. That's one of my favorite things. Your kids are great. Mm -hmm. They're pretty cool. I might be biased, but yeah. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Maybe. And what about you? What's going on? Um, just the same old, same old. I mean, I like, I'm still working really hard on opening this new restaurant. Um, still kind of still settling into my house. Um, I got some furniture finally into one of the rooms, but I'm missing a table. So I was like going to use that room for like my dining room, but mm. I don't have a table yet, but I got the chairs. Well, you're halfway there. I mean, sort of. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things still to do, but most like the painting is done. I'm still working on the bathroom, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I hate feeling like my life is in disarray. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel unsettled. Yeah. Well, we're having a housewarming party tonight. Tonight. Yeah. So we're doing a progressive party 
um, starting at the studio, which mm-hmm. has been renovated, the yoga studio. The breathing room. The breathing room right downtown. The beautiful breathing room. It's gorgeous in there right now. It's beautiful. Yeah. So if you haven't been there for a class, get your ass down. Yeah, you should. Yes. It's so good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to my house, and then we're going to another friend's house after that. So kind of potluck style, bringing food, and I don't know. I feel awkward about having people in my space tonight just because I don't have a lot of furniture, but I think it'll be fine. No one's judging you. I know, but I'm judging me. Well, don't. You're the only one, weirdo. <laughs> I know. Uh, ew. Uh, stop. <laughs> and I swear the fact that you have no furniture will make it way easier to clean up. There won't be this as many things to get gross and you yeah. won't worry about people touching things. Yeah. It'll be better. I know. I still have to clean, though. Well, just put your laundry away. I'm just going to throw it in a closet and close the door. Might as well. It's already been sitting there. <laughs> it's all wrinkled anyway. Yeah. yeah, you'll have to put it in the dryer again and iron it twice. I can't even tell you how often I do that. Iron? No. Put, I never iron. in the dryer? Put it back in the dryer to like re Oh, get wrinkles like out? Yeah. My trick is I put it on a hanger and take it in the bathroom while I shower. Okay, but I just don't feel like I have... I don't know. I just, that I, takes just, no effort. Okay, fine. Less effort <laughs> than okay, putting something in the dryer twice. I will try it next time. Try okay. it next time. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. We're here today to have part two of our mental health discussion. Yeah. Last episode, we talked about mental health. We kind of dug into some data that we found about the mental health crisis, essentially, mm-hmm. in the United States and the ways that the pandemic has impacted us and impacted the numbers that we're seeing for um, people reporting more mental health issues. Um, but today, we're really excited. So excited! We have a friend with us, <gasps> our very first guest, and her name is Wendy Stokesbury. Wendy! We love Wendy. Come on down, Wendy. <laughs> oh my God. Make yourself at home. Oh. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're so happy to have you here, Wendy. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So just to kind of introduce our <coughs> listeners to who you are, um, you're, you are Wendy Stokesbury. Yes, I am. And you are a... Licensed Mental Health Counselor, LMHC for short. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and how long have you been practicing? So I have been doing uh, private uh, psychotherapy for about... Mm, Oh my goodness. Over 10 years. 10 years. Yes. Wow. But I've been a counselor of some sort or other um, since mm, the 90s. A long time. Almost 30 years. Wow. Wow. In the uh, counseling field. So what is the difference then between counseling and then being a psychotherapist or a licensed mental? That's a really good question, Caleb. So really you could say counseling, I think I would maybe use that word as a broad um, term for helping professional of some some kind helping to guide people in some way shape or you know form so that could be vocational it could be a social worker helping people with basic needs mm-hmm. um you know wide variety so a psychotherapist is a person who is trained at the master's degree level um at least mm-hmm. uh, at the minimum and they um generally have to go through each state is different but everyone has to go through licensing um and you know work with their um uh, boards of public health or boards of um, uh, behavioral science and um, have licensure to um, say that they do indeed meet the qualifications. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the bar for mental yes, health right. professionals. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then so, so there's a difference between you know, like psychologists 
counselor, psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's also something that I think is really confusing for people. People will say, um, you know, I finally got in to see the psychiatrist and they didn't do anything with me. They saw me for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that is because psychiatrists are trained as MDs. They have a doctorate and they specialize in uh, behavioral health or, or psychiatry. Um, and so their role is to prescribe medication. That's pretty much strictly um, what they do. So then a psychiat or a psychologist is a PhD, which is a doctorate, but it's not medical school. So psychologists do not prescribe meds. And many psychologists, a clinical psychologist would do what I do. They're trained to do the clinical work um, in the counseling room with um, individuals or families. And a licensed mental health counselor, which is my degree, and there are other degrees similar to that, but they all require a master's degree, um, LMFT, licensed uh, marriage and family um, uh, therapist is, for instance, the kind of uh, professionals that Mount Mercy puts out. Um, Got it. Yeah, yeah. So we're qualified to do um, counseling, uh, counseling, m- mental health, psych- uh, psychotherapy. I kind of use them interchangeably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like it's kind of like this big mm-hmm. world, it's and confusing. I like it's, it can be confusing it really for is. sure. Yeah. And like even having taken therapy, I've never seen a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, I had this idea when I was going to see my very first therapist that, like, maybe they would prescribe me some, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. anti-anxiety medication or anti-depression medication or whatever. But that's not the case. That's right, not right. how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's good to it's good to kind of know the different roles and the um, uh, because people don't know and then their expectations aren't met and they're kind of, you know, disappointed or confused or, you know, this represents um, uh, barriers and um, uh, barriers to access. Right. And people get tired of trying over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I often will recommend on the, um, you know, idea of seeing a psychiatrist. People wrestle with that because there's stigma with that. You don't necessarily want to be a human that needs a shrink. Right. So a lot of time I ask people if they have a a good relationship with their primary um, because primary MDs prescribe a lot of antidepressant. Right. You don't have to have a psychiatrist in order to get um, medicine that can help you. And a lot of times that's a better route, actually. Um, It would take less time to get in. You already have a relationship. Yeah, that's Um, good to know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think next time I talk to my primary, I'll have to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Sarah, do you have any questions for Wendy to kind of... Well, I think one thing, just in listening to you kind of describe the different roles, mm-hmm. um, what if we're looking for a therapist or we mm-hmm. want to get started in our journey with therapy, who who should I seek and what am I looking for? You yeah. know, how do I know what is going to fit me? Do I need do I need a psychiatrist to prescribe me medication? Do I need someone who's going to offer me talk therapy or do I want more holistic approach to healing? How do we know what to look for? Yeah, those those are all really valid and big questions, Sarah. So um, let's see if I can answer in terms of your functional status. That would be one of the ways I would um, look at it as a clinician and um, for a person to kind of assess for themselves. What do you mean by functional status? So how much is the problems I'm having with my mood, my mental health, my emotional ups and downs, how much is it impacting my ability to live? my ability to be successful in the day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. So if it's, you know, if you're really, really struggling to get through the day, you're not getting out of bed, um, you're missing work, it might be that your, you know, this depressive disorder or uh, depressive episode that you're in is um, thick enough and serious enough that you might need meds. So I would sort of measure it that way. 
Um, now, a, you know, the average person isn't necessarily going to know all of the nuances of these things. So I think maybe starting with a primary care, if you have one, have a relationship with someone. Or speaking with somebody that you trust, maybe somebody that you know that already sees a therapist mm -hmm. to kind of compare notes and get an idea if pharmacology is going to be needed. But otherwise, in terms of talk therapy, one of the um, places that I recommend people go to is psychologytoday.com um, because you can see uh, clinicians' pictures, bios. They even make little videos, and it's a good way to kind of screen. And you can screen for um, uh, specialties, mm -hmm. GLBTQ-friendly, uh, or just a wide variety of you know, insurances, location. And that's psychologytoday.com? Mm -hmm. um, that sounds like yes, a psychologytoday.com. Mm -hmm. It okay. is a magazine. Oh, it is? Okay, it I was like, wait. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But we're, I think word of mouth, and I think um, today most clinicians, many clinicians have, you know, an online presence, and that's one way to screen um, at least a little bit. Um, but I think there's a lot of word of mouth that also happens in terms of finding a good Do good you clinician. know how many... Um, therapists or avenues of therapy are in Cedar Rapids in the Cedar Rapids area. I don't know that, Caleb, but okay. it seems like a lot. It seems like a lot. Yeah, like there's definitely enough to cover the need. Uh, you think that Cedar maybe. Rapids have? Or like how That's accessible is right. therapy here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, how accessible is therapy is another question. From how many are there? Yeah, and right. how many are going to be welcoming and seem safe mm -hmm. to um, people who feel other people who. Um, don't necessarily, you know, want a white middle-aged chick as their clinician. Right. There's that, too. And guess what kind of clinicians there are in Cedar Rapids? <laughs> a lot of white chicks. Right. There's a lot of us. Sure. I, I, that's actually something that I've been um, kind of interested in lately and asked, um, you know, out there, the um, some of the colleague groups that I'm on, mm -hmm. does anybody identify specifically? Are there clinicians that specifically identify as GLBT? And I got back. Uh, I think one. Mm. Oh wow! <laughs> I think I got one. Yes. Mm -hmm. So just as a you know illustration of that. Sure. Um, I think people tend to um, do better with a clinician that they can identify with. Yeah. And agree. You know, sometimes that comes through for me as a person who's a bit older. People look for older. Uh, um, I've been told that that to to be honest, I mm -hmm. came because you weren't. Um, you looked older and. Maybe that means I have a little more wisdom. I don't know. Yeah, more experience, maybe. Little, yeah, more experience. Yeah. Or maybe people have mommy issues. or. Yeah, maybe that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so many reasons. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those, those, those are real things. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess in terms of access, I think that's just, this is something that I constantly think about. Um, I have health insurance, question mark? I do. Um but I, I feel like a lot of times health insurance doesn't tr transfer over and cover things like talk therapy mm -hmm. or issues with mental health. Do you feel like you experience that like on, on your end, like when you're charging? No, because mental health, mental health parity was passed, <sighs> um, I don't know how long ago, several, several years ago, where mental, um, quite a while ago actually, where mental health services has to be covered by all insurance companies. Oh, I didn't know to, that. Yes. Mm. I, haven't, I haven't run into one single client plan yet that limits a number of sessions or, oh. yeah. Now, that being said, the vast majority of commercial insurances out there, um, they have to. They have to cover it. 
there I have encountered individual plans, like for self-employed people, small business owners might end up purchasing a, a plan that didn't didn't cover mental health, but that's the only time I've encountered that. Really? Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, what do you see as other barriers to getting help in for pe- for mental health issues in in your experience? Well, you know, one I think one fundamental thing that's kind of maybe true here in the Midwest is that I don't have no time for no stinking feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Pe- people don't um, give respect to even or honor the role of their emotional life and spend a lot of time denying it and trying to ignore it and stuff it, which is, you know, one big recipe for disaster. But mm-hmm. that then relates to the stigma and yeah. the fear of being seen as quote unquote crazy or, you know, yeah. off or disordered or having a psychiatric problem. All of these words that we have that, uh, you know, are not favorable. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's a really big stigma in the black community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just don't deal with your feelings or you're soft if you have feelings. Yeah. Uh, we keep our business in our house and we don't let other people in. And yes. I hate that. Yes. I feel like everyone struggles at moments with their mm-hmm. mental health. And the stigmas just make it so hard mm-hmm. to seek help. Yeah, it really does. That that relates to another um, aspect of mental health that um, I wanted to talk about today. And that is that mental health, mental wellness, mental illness is a continuum. Mm -hmm. It is not a Mm. black and white switch. I'm not okay. I am okay. It's, you know, it depends on the day. Mm -hmm. It depends on what we're going (coughs) through. So in terms of making diagnoses, we have this whole category. um, uh, You know, this is based on the insurance world and the um, DSM, the diagnostic statistical manual that's used to um, assess and diagnose psychiatric disorders. Um, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, adjustment disorder. So we have this whole category that's called adjustment disorder. And by the nature of adjustment disorder, this is um, seen as a temporary condition where the person is exhibiting signs of depression or anxiety or both, or um, problems with conduct is how they put it, which means you're um, acting off the rails. And it's meant to last about six minutes, six minutes, six months after your um, exposure to a stressor. And presumably when the stressor is removed, the disorder will you know, gradually um, go away. So that's an example to you of something that, uh, a, a type of classification of diagnosis that someone might get after they lost a loved one mm-hmm. or some exposure to something you know, really traumatic or divorce or something <coughs> like that. And then we grow into more um, biological, neurologically based diseases like uh, bipolar disorder, major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, schizophrenia. And schizophrenia might be seen as sort of that far end of the continuum of mentally ill, of, you know, the um, uh, slain of crazy. And it's based on uh, neurological um neurobiological condition that needs to be treated with meds generally mm-hmm. needs to be treated with um, pharmacology but of course because people's behavior is so um, out there and you can maybe you know uh, experience people walking down the street talking to themselves and it's not because they have a bluetooth in um, uh, and you know often that look of um, the, uh, mentally ill homeless people might have that's rather intimidating and scary so we affiliate 
um, danger, maybe with people who appear that mentally ill. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So so it's a continuum, but we're afraid of getting close to, you know, one one end. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I guess so. This question popped into my head when you were talking about the continuum. What do you think, like, for issues like generalized anxiety or depression, um, how is it, like, what's the goal of therapy? Mm. Mm, that's good. Yeah, that's a good question. So I would say the goal of therapy, um, I, I, I would approach it from multiple directions. I like to be rather holistic in, in yeah. the way I approach it with mm-hmm. people. But so the goal is to um, uncover the reasons why the person um, doesn't care for themselves. Okay. Doesn't believe in themselves. Sure. That's kind of what I'm I'm about. And there could be long-term distorted beliefs, irrational beliefs, very rigid beliefs, black and white beliefs Mm -hmm. that often have to do with I'm terrible. Um, Very, very negative beliefs about self. And those usually start in childhood. So the goal of therapy is to find out how that stuff might have formed Mm -hmm. and what that story is for that person and then seek to undo those, undo those negative beliefs. And there's a lot of variety to the interventions that we use for that. It's not an easy matter Mm -hmm. when we're talking about things that have been laid down early earlier in life. But, um, that to me is the, um, you know, sort of the, it's kind of like uncovering or like digging mm -hmm, deep, mm -hmm, finding these seeds that mm -hmm, have been planted. mm -hmm. And, and now, so that's, you know, clearly a longer kind of a process and a pretty deep process. Um, so in the here and now, I, I spoke earlier about the your functional ability. Mm-hmm. In the here and now, the clinician's role is also to try to help with better functioning just day to day. And, um, yeah. you know, being able to have the energy and the, the confidence and rallying resources and not feeling so alone and all of those kinds of practical things to um, sort of mitigate a poor mood, a low mood or an anxious mood. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like maybe talk therapy or having a mental health professional or expert of some type in your corner is kind of a lifelong thing mm-hmm. or it can be. Well, yeah, sure. It can be. It can be. It's, um, you know, the idea of laying down on the couch and doing the psychoanalytic kind of a, <laughs> a process for years isn't really all that popular anymore. Mm-hmm. But I find that my role tends to be, I'm sort of like a dentist for some people that mm. when, when they're having an ache, I hear from them and, uh, you know, we might meet for a few times and then, um, you know, I'm part of the healthcare team, which feels wonderful. Yeah. I love that kind of yeah. having that kind of a relationship with people. Some people do, um, do better and f- feel better, um, live their lives better having regular contact. Maybe it's monthly, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, but it really does uh, seem to be uh, needed support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it's a wide variety in terms of how people um, utilize mental health care. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about why adolescence is so impactful in our journey to mental health? <laughs> yes, I can talk about that. That's a good one. Um, so the, the time of life when you are disengaging from your parents right? It's really exponential in adolescence and you're turning more towards your peers. And so your peer group 
and you know now what you see on the internet becomes your reference and your viewpoint and your you know your um, ideas of, of values more so than what maybe your your parents or your school or your church is about you're trying out different things it's natural and normal to be curious and to be maybe a little bit defiant too about um, all of those institutions mm-hmm. that have got you this far so imagine all of that big stuff piling on as as you're a tween and now it's you know it because children are exposed to all of that information over the web earlier it's happening earlier and earlier to to try to f- make sense of well what's my place in this world what values am i going to go for right so it, it was interesting you asked about adolescence because i was kind of looking at some of the stats and um uh to see that um well I, actually i can uh, kind of share a current story it floored me that somebody I'm working with who uh, considers himself non-binary was getting harassed uh, this year you know it's like week three of middle school in Iowa City and I thought Iowa City was the you know the boulder of Iowa I thought this was the most progressive community that we had and I didn't think this would happen anymore Mm -hmm. and then I read an article about how at that time of life in adolescence, something about the um, sexuality and social identity is more is more distorted and it's more important mm. at that time. Mm-hmm. It's weighed more heavi- heavily, hence homophobic kinds of um, beliefs. At first, I want to blame it on the parents, but it you know I think it could right. be a, an aspect of that developmental stage of that adolescent um, brain trying to make sense of stuff Mm. um you know it's still it's still hurtful and it's still frustrating to see that kind of behavior but the truth is youth they're still youth Mm -hmm. and they still youth who behave um uh uh, like uh homophobically if that's a word Mm -hmm. um who harass and bully and make fun and belittle um they need guidance too Mm -hmm. they need mentoring and education too with compassion Mm -hmm. you know yeah. Does that kind of yeah address some of what you're yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to ask Wendy? <laughs> I do. Um, I think you had mentioned w- earlier while we were talking before we came into the studio, um, is that connection mm-hmm. is something that's really important. Mm-hmm. It's like if you don't have immediate access to mm-hmm. like a therapist, yeah, um, that finding somebody in your community who can have your back is important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. 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 So from, um, the, uh, I use this, the term attachment with, um, Caleb when we were talking er- uh, earlier today, and it's so important to understand that people need to have a safe and nurturing environment when they're born. And, um, infants require a lot of care, obviously. Right. But we don't necessarily, as a culture, understand the uh, importance of the quality of that kind of care. And that just physical safety isn't um, sufficient. There has to be an emotional connection. Um, and that comes forth through, um, you know, for the infant often, um, the mother rocking, the mother breastfeeding, the mother looking down into the baby's face and cooing and smiling and helping all those mirror neurons to engage. And um, 
fortunately, I think most children experience that kind of early caretaking, but some of us do not. And there's many reasons why it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes a mother is depressed. Sometimes a mother is in a situation um, where there's uh, domestic violence in the home. Um, there's sometimes the mother is working. <laughs> um, so the um, aspect of not having a secure attachment carries through to the rest of our life. And it really has a lot to do with how we turn out and how well we do in relationships um, later in life and intimate relationships yeah. um, later in life. Mm -hmm. So that related to connection, if you have not had a good experience early in life, you will struggle with connection later. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, um, you know, having a, having a, a good therapist can, can be of benefit. Um, but making friends, you know, some yeah. kind of a friend, some some kind mm -hmm. of a, a, a group organization or um, even just one or two people is enough. Yeah. Wow. These are all big things to be mm -hmm. thinking about. And thank you for helping us mm -hmm. dive into this mm -hmm. um, big world of mental health and mm -hmm. mental illness or wellness. Yeah, um, but fun. we should take a break and then um, come back and discuss some more. Absolutely. We'll catch you guys in a minute. Yeah. Stay tuned for more with Wendy Wu and Othered. <laughs> hey, I'm Jake Trumper. And I'm Alex Schulte. And together, we're historically, historically inaccurate. And you can learn history with us because I'm kind of an expert. I'm not sure if expert's the word I would use. No, I, I'm ready to teach people history because, like, uh, ask me to name every president. But I know you can't. No, just ask me. I don't want to hear Washington, you do that again. John Adams, Thomas I, Jefferson, uh, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson. So Sorry, we're a brand new podcast distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcasts. Jake, are you still going? Jake, just fast forward to the end. We are literally running out of time. Did you literally forget the president who is right now, Joe Biden? Joe Biden! Oh, I did it! Oh, I was in I was in my groove. Come there. and learn with us, everybody. Well, it's still kind of me. I'm, I'm kind of doing you most of the You couldn't even remember Joe Biden's name. I'm doing most of the teaching. It's mostly you. Thank you. <laughs> L-A-S. Hi, I'm Logan Adam Schultz, digital and content marketing guy. I'm Alex Schulte, creative director dude. And I'm Craig Johnson, maker of graphics. And we're the LAS Marketing Team. And this is Friends with Marketing Benefits, Eastern Iowa's newest podcast filled with laughter, stories, and insight from a rotating cast of marketing professionals. Every Tuesday, join us as we break down modern marketing practices into something that you can use right now to better market your business, nonprofit, band, or even that dresser you've been trying to sell on Facebook Marketplace. There'll be new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Friends with Marketing Benefits is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. If you feel like it. LAS. We're back with We're other <laughs> <laughs> And with our friend, Wendy Stokesbury. Wendy, when I first met you, people were calling you the Woo. Yeah. Or Wendy Woo. Call me Wendy Woo. And I don't know where that came from. And yeah. I've, I've been wanting to ask you for so long. And oh, now I have the yeah. opportunity. Okay. And now yeah. so and we good. can tell the world. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Share with us, yeah. Wendy Woo. All right. All right. 
So it was 1993. I was living in Evanston, Wyoming. I was working at the Wyoming State Hospital, the psychiatric hospital there. And there's not a lot to do in a post-oil town but play pool and drink beer. So <laughs> that's what I did when I wasn't at work. Yeah. And I um, somehow uh, uh, took over my husband's spot on pool league one night. I was a sub, and all the other people on the team were women. And we kicked him off, and we became the only women's group in the town. That's the awesome. Women's pool, <laughs> yes. Yes. And so one of the ladies who was in that group became my good friend. Her name was Carol, and she named me Wu. And she called me Wu. So it, it stuck. It just stuck. Yeah, and I just, you know, there, you know, different places and different times um, people would use use Wu. My friends would use Wu. And then it really did catch on here in Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wendy Woo, woo! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love lo- it. I love that too, and I like I understand like you know different contexts, different. I when I worked at Dick's Tap and Shake Room, um, one of the managers called me Kitten there, uh-huh. and then it just kind of caught on. Uh-huh. So then the people who would come into Dick's would call me Kitten. Yeah, and it's so funny to me. Like when I go into ONP, sometimes old neighborhood pub. I still get called kitten by some of the like regulars there yeah, who used yeah, to go to Dicks, and yeah. it's just like it always makes me happy. I'm like, oh yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I get that. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you like your nickname too. It's fun. Can I start calling you that more? Oh, absolutely. Kitten. <laughs> and it's just like it helps me like know where I'm at, or, like who I'm with. You know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My good friends. Yeah. Anyways, um, diving back into more of our talks on mental health and mental wellness. Um, Sarah, did you want to? Yeah, tell us about somatic healing yeah. and more of the s- things we can do. You know, yeah. whole body healing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that um, that really relates to uh, me doing yoga and um, also doing EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, um, uh, uh, which I won't really get into a lot right right here, but. Um, basically, what I came to see is that cognitive therapy, talk therapy, only goes so far. It can be very helpful and very effective, and you know, it's shown it's evidence based. It's shown to help with depression and anxiety, but it doesn't didn't really seem to um, really get people to the place that I wanted to um, see them at in terms of their um, quality of life. So that made me interested in more of the holistic somatic aspects of mental health. So soma is the body, somatic is having to do with the body. So big, big title there. Is that Greek? Uh, Latin, I think. I'm not sure. Latin? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, somatic practices is um, mindful breathing. And... uh, Paying attention to how your body's moving in the asana with your breath in yoga. Um, doing meditations where you're aware of your body sitting in a chair. S- uh, dancing could be somatic practice. Walking mm-hmm. mindfully. So using the body to learn how to calm the nervous system is really what we're talking about in terms of an adjunct to um, mental health care. And really as a way of being proactively well every day. Mm -hmm. If we all understood the importance of movement Mm -hmm. and of being aware of our movement as we're doing it instead of out here um, thinking about my grocery list and um, anything but where am I now, um, we would 
you know, we'd be healthier, we'd mm-hmm. be happier. So I, you know, it's a, it's a big message both for just, you know, everyone's <coughs> lifestyle as well as, um, I think improved and uh, more efficient even, um, and more quality, um, care in terms of mental health. I think all of that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, working out gives you endorphins. Mm-hmm. You're not mm-hmm. as likely to be as depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in yoga too, there's so much mindfulness. There's so much mm-hmm. talk about your breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, my own mental issues, my health and my wellness, um, my anxiety, like being in yoga has been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Learning how to stay in my body, yeah. learning mm-hmm. to like calm down, focus on my breath. Yeah. That's been really helpful. Yeah. So have you incorporated that in like your clinical therapy yes yes yes, i really have yeah i i had been um interested in mindfulness and buddhism for a long time so Mm -hmm. i was doing mindful breathing practices in my practice um you know quite some time ago and then you know becoming a yoga student Mm -hmm. and then becoming a yoga um, teacher trainee i really learned more about the you know the biological aspects and the um, benefits of uh body-based practices so um, I do mindful breathing with probably everybody. I would say most clients will um, experience that at least once. And I would say 90% of people who go through it uh, enjoy it. Um, there, are mm-hmm. f- there are a few who struggle, but most people really enjoy it. And um, of those, most haven't probably been exposed before. Not very many people have really um, necessarily um, learned how to do it and you know it's intimidating to what do you mean you want me to sit still what you want me to just tune in to the inside what like you know that even that itself is kind of intimidating it's kind of scary it can be a challenge for sure yeah, for yeah. some people yeah that's yeah. something we talk about a lot is like being alone with yourself oh, yeah mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. it's a struggle oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's so important to do it's so healthy it is yeah I feel like that too. I think it's really important to be alone with yourself Mm -hmm. and to incorporate the body into healing. But why is it that so many mental health experts out there are missing the mark when it comes Mm -hmm. to that? I feel like Mm -hmm. there aren't many people, at least that I've seen in my therapy journey, Mm -hmm. that incorporate the body, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So why it seems really trendy right now. I feel like everyone's Mm -hmm. interested in like sound baths and mm-hmm. you, you know, like mm-hmm. yoga all of a sudden, it mm-hmm. seems like the wellness industry is just really, mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's always been strong, but it seems like sure. COVID has made it yeah. crazy big. So yeah. is it, I hope it's not a trend, but right. why aren't more people yeah. focused on using this as a tool? Well, I think that that's a good question too. Um, and I think it has to do with, you know, somewhat that there are, many schools of thought even within the field of psychiatry psychology mm-hmm. mental health each of mm-hmm. those things we're, you know we've gotten to be um maybe to our detriment super super specialized as a society in, in all things so the more medically trained the more you know uh, western medical model model is what psychiatry programs are going to be about right um phd psychologists many of them are trained to do assessments um testing it's pretty clinically clinical it's pretty geeky Mm -hmm. it's not very touchy-feely you know so they they don't really even concern themselves people who do research and um you know uh write articles and collect the data they you know it's a whole it right does that make sense yeah 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 yeah. i think 
for me, sometimes when I'm thinking about mental health or mental wellness, I think like it just seems really kind of, um, I don't know, kind of out there. Like it's just, and I understand there's like, there's like studies and there's research and there's Mm -hmm. clinical things about it. But sometimes like what I want is I want, I don't know. I want some more of like the frou-frou, like, you know, deep breathing. I want like a little Mm -hmm. bit more of the mystical kind of like, Mm -hmm. um, Eastern, I guess, Mm -hmm. not mystical, but like Eastern medicine. Mm -hmm. Like, do you feel like there's been any kind of integration of, eastern medicine practices like um like my dad was telling me he got dry needling the other day and i was like so what's the difference between that and acupuncture Hmm. and apparently there's a difference but it doesn't didn't sound like it to (laughs) me seems like the principle is the same right i was like okay Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh sure Mm -hmm. yeah it seems like people are more open to doing those things right now right Mm -hmm. but like they also have to have like a western name now yes Mm -hmm. right they can't be called Mm -hmm. anything that refers to it being like you know, like an ancient practice, like yes. acupuncture. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. But they'll do mm-hmm. it if it's called like needling. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do I you feel like there's right. any of that stuff or any of that kind of interaction or um, kind of the blending of the East and the West mm-hmm. happening in the mental health? Yes, world? Yeah. I, I do. I do. Um, I think about uh, Betsy Rippentrop at Heartland Yoga, who's mm-hmm. a psychologist and also, you know, she's kind of a leader in terms of integrating Eastern and Western um uh and there's me and uh yeah. you know i uh to hear your experience sarah i'm i'm sorry that's kind of what you've um noticed um but i guess i'm not too surprised um that i might be kind of unique but i um i do see it maybe outside of the cedar rapids area when you think about our demographics here again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you might you're gonna probably well i think of um east winds holistic center in iowa city you're gonna definitely where have I go. way more integration oh, cool. there yeah. yes yeah 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 but yeah i do i do think that the um uh understanding about the impact of trauma the ins- impact of um the neurological impact of trauma is um starting to be understood more and um uh, I think more and more mental health is getting it. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations or people or resources specifically for minorities or, you know, people mm-hmm. with um, specific traumas or our LGBTQT family? Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in terms of for adults, I'm not, uh, I don't really know for sure a good clearinghouse for that, but again, I would go to in terms of like looking for a therapist. You can select um, some of those specialties for clinicians on the Psychology Today site. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Um, I think about here in Cedar Rapids, our Tanager um, Tanager Place has a center for youth for um, adolescents who identify GLBT. Um, um, I'm sure there's probably resources out there, Sarah. Um, but I, I uh, was talking to, did I say that already today? That I've reached out to um, Facebook group here in the area asking if anybody oh, identified yeah. mm-hmm. um, That's right. themselves as a clinician. And the answer was one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we need some more diversity yeah, in the right. health we space. Do. We yeah. do. We do. Um, I have like probably one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has been something I've, been interested in um do you as a therapist get therapy or i seek do therapy? you do 
I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I would assume you'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, you're yeah. dealing with a lot, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. even though if you're being objective and you're doing it clinically, you're also a human being with feelings right. and emotions. Like, yeah. how do you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I don't, and also I take antidepressant. Yeah. I, I also take, uh, and I started that just, uh, spring because I, mm-hmm. uh, couldn't hack it anymore with yoga. Wasn't doing it. You know, mm-hmm. my, my, right. my regular self-care stuff was not working. So, um, uh, I think it's important to, for everyone to understand that you have a multitude of tools available Absolutely. Um, yeah. and there's no, sh- there's no shame in using, um, pharmacology for instance if you need to well thank you for sharing that yeah. with us too yeah, yeah. I love absolutely that. yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i do value um having a therapist of my own and it, it is true you probably mm-hmm. will do a better job if you have one yeah mm. yeah mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. so even the best of the best need help absolutely. sometimes right we're all on a continuum we right yeah. absolutely well wendy um thank you so much for joining us today and offering oh. us your insight and yes. your wisdom and thank your friendship you, wendy. you're, you're the best we love you <laughs> thanks for having me yes yeah. the the honor's all ours yes it's been a joy as always caleb it's been a joy to be here with you too with you too sarah I love you and we love our listeners. Yes, Thanks for we being love you. here. Make sure to uh, subscribe and follow us and also leave us a review. Yeah. Give us give that us five stars. Five stars everywhere. That's what we deserve. It is what we deserve. <laughs> and remember to subscribe to LAS Podcast Network. Yeah, that one. (laughs) What I meant to say was subscribe to LAS Plus and visit the website, laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus. Okay, I got it this time for exclusive content, ad-free episodes, and merch. Thanks for being here. Love you guys. (laughs) Love you. See you next time. All right, bye. New episodes every Wednesday on Apple Pod. You can support the LAS Podcast Network at patreon.com slash LAS Podcast Network. LAS.